Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present Hear Your Faith, a brand new audio subscription service that features a growing collection of uplifting Catholic audio courses, talks, and other exclusive content to help you grow deeper in your faith and knowledge of Catholicism. Subscribe today at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Dan DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I'm Bill Snyder, and as always, I'm joined by my friend, Andy Santos, we are live here on Podbean and on YouTube, and also uh, we are so excited you have joined us uh, for today's show. So welcome in, Anne, and thank you so much uh, for being with me as my co-host, as always, each and every episode. Hi, Bill. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. Yes, happy morning. Is. Yes, happy morning. Yeah, this is our morning <laughs> show this week, uh, so we're glad you got up uh, and uh and are here to help sow hope into broken hearts. So thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we're glad that you've joined us. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I, I'm I'm very excited again today because we have uh, two wonderful guests joining us this morning, right? Yes, we do. I am so excited about this one with my friends, John Raschuti and Jill Freshy. They are the producers and creators of the documentary film, Kensington in Crisis. And for those who are not from the greater Philadelphia area, Kensington is an area of Philadelphia that uh, has experienced um, a massive uh, drug problem in the last several years. And they made a documentary about the opioid crisis and, and, and which will spur all of us to think more about that and do what we can as members of community to help to put an end to the drug crisis. So John and Jill, I wanna thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you, thank you, it's an honor and a privilege. Thank you. So I guess it was a few months back, maybe a little bit more than that, my husband and I went out to Radnor to watch uh, Kensington in Crisis. And you both did such a fabulous job with it. And I know that it was a, a very, um, you know, you challenging, challenging project for you, but you both did it. So I, I thank you both for bringing that awareness to uh, the public about what is happening. But could you tell us a little bit about the making of that film and what did you learn about uh, what's happening in Kensington? Well, the the project was really the, the brainchild of Jill's. Uh, Jill was uh, contracted by uh, a missionary group in Philadelphia on Kensington Avenue. And, and the, the initiative of the group is to feed children uh, of some of the suffering there uh, on Thursday nights. So we went up there and it was October of uh, 2018. And uh, we started, Jill was so moved by what she saw there. She said, we have to do something to bring this to people's attention. And that was the initiative for us to do that. 
And then, of course, through our own sources, we contacted a lot of people we know. And they said, well, you need to talk to this person. You need to talk to this person. And, and we did that. And they were Philadelphia uh, advocates for uh, crimes victims. We talked to the mayor of Philadelphia, the chief of police of SEPTA. So we had a lot of help in making this documentary. And it, um, um, it, it, it was made to educate and inform people of this terrible epidemic. Uh, uh, eventually, coronavirus will go away but opiates is still victimizing people endlessly. And uh, I can only, I, I thank Jill Freshy for giving me the opportunity to work with her. And again, this was her genius to, to, to push this project forward. It really was genius, Jill and John. Thank you. Um, it was difficult for me to watch, I must say. I mean, uh, how long, I think it was about 53 minutes, was it? Um, yeah, I remember that number, 53, somewhere around that. Uh, time frame, and it, it really it, it it sunk into my heart what is happening there, um, and I I know that one of you said that it's almost like a third world world country there with uh, the way that people are living with this drug problem on the streets, so many homeless. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that piece? Um, what what you learned about um, what's happening? Well, when we first went to Kensington, we were really surprised at the demographics of the people that we saw um, slumped over, overdosing, laying in the streets, um, defecating, begging for money. And, and what really struck us was it was primarily a, a young white disease. And we just kept saying, why? Why is this happening? And that really took us down a rabbit hole of learning that, you know, a lot of people are prescribed to a medication, become addicted, and then they can't get out of this hole that they've, that they've dug for themselves or other people have dug for them. And basically, it's really not their fault. Um, and that's what we came away with thinking that it, it's not really their fault. They're victims of either, some of them are victims of abuse from their parents, abuse from their homes, but many of them are just victims of just a bad society and a bad misinformed um, pharmacology and uh, overuse of these opioids thinking that they were not uh, addictive. So, and it's, you know, it doesn't seem to be getting any better. The, the, the uh, overdose death dropped a hundred people from 2017 to 2018 from 1200 to 1100 the overdose deaths is two to three times what the death and homicides are in philadelphia so overdose in philadelphia is a huge problem mm. and it we just don't the, the mayor and the officials just don't seem to know how to get themselves out of this crisis uh, you, you mentioned that the uh, film was uncomfortable to watch. Uh, that was part of the purpose of it. Um, some of the initiative was to get get the viewer to sit up and pay attention. It wasn't to made to be sugarcoated. However, it was made to give hope. Uh, it was made also to say that there there is there are opportunities. There there uh, there are efforts being made to help. Uh, the suffering along the way. There are groups that are doing things. Uh, St. Francis House, 
uh, The Last Stop. Uh, those are groups that uh, Kensington Storefront that are uh, there to do whatever they can to help the community. Uh, if, when you saw the film uh, and you saw that there was an attorney in there, a young attorney, and he got addicted to drugs because he had a wrestling scholarship to a Division I school. And the school said, if you can't wrestle, he injured his road, he had a rotary cuff injury. And they said, if you can't wrestle, you lose your scholarship. <laughs> so we started using drugs. I mean, this kid rehabilitated himself and he has a very good law practice in Philadelphia where he helps other professionals. That's what we wanted to do. We just didn't want to just shock people. We wanted, yes, there is shock to it. There's to the appearance of it. And, and it, Kensington has not reached a third world level yet. And what concerns Jill and I is once this, this uh, coronavirus uh, is, subsides, the, the money that the city of Philadelphia lost that would have possibly gone to more services for Kensington, is the money's not going to be there. Mm. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Never thought of that one, but yeah. that's the big. Other, the Kensington attracts people from all over the country. You heard the one comment by uh, the, the one person interviewed there, and he was a former drug dealer that we interviewed. And he said, remember the comment he makes, which very, it hits, it hits home. These aren't your kids. These aren't our kids. They're your kids. So they're kids coming yes. from all over, from Wisconsin, from Florida, from Virginia, from California. They're from coming from all over the country to Philadelphia. Yes because of the drugs being the cheapest and the best. And Philadelphia can't, doesn't, doesn't have enough of a police force to, to control all that. So. And there, there is a drug called Narcan that is helping um, overdose, which believe it or not, the city has given out more than 78,000 wow. doses of probably more than that, but over 78,000 um, since 2017. Uh, and, has trained more than 2,000 people to use it. And if you live in Philadelphia, they're recommending that you, you know, carry it. But if, if what's going on with the coronavirus could have been put towards overdoses and the use of fentanyl, and literally when you go to Kensington early in the morning, there are people walking around saying, free samples, free samples. You're kidding. Let you addicted to the drug the, the high will last all day and there's nothing they say like the first high so after that you have people will chase that high for the rest of their lives try to get that high again so once you you could take one dose one free sample scary. and and one bad day and if you live in kensington if you're in that environment yeah. you're not getting out of it Thank you for the awareness. I mean, you both know this is the Sewing Hope podcast. I mean, this podcast is all about instilling hope in broken hearts. And that's what it says at the beginning of the uh, this program. Uh, we, are a, we are a Catholic program uh, through Patchwork Heart Ministry and Bill Snyder, who's with us. Hi, Bill. Hey, it's great to talk to you this morning. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, it's a it's an honor for us to talk to you about this topic because, you know, prayer and, and, and an awareness of what's really happening with people who are suffering out there is so important. 
for us to know. And for people who are listening, who are people of faith, I'm calling on you. We're, we're calling on you to pray for what you're hearing about this drug crisis. And it's not stopping just because of the, the pandemic, correct, John and Jill? I mean, uh, it's, it's still happening. It's, things are, it's probably just as bad as, as, as it was uh, before. Uh, Jill and I were up there recently, and actually, uh, we're both proud to say that we routinely go up there and bring food to the last stop, which is a uh, an AANA club. And one of the one of the uh, uh, people that was a big supporter of, of ours was a, a man named Eddie Z. Eddie Z started the AANA club, and he's helped so many people. He's an incredible human being. He actually is a story unto himself. And, and Jill and I, uh, we bring coats, we bring anything we can round up, we bring food, we do it routinely to help help people. And um, uh, it, it, the, 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 the events changed my life uh, as far as the way I think, because one of the things that Jill and I wanted to do was educate people. There's a, a, a mentality amongst a lot of people that it's choice. Well, I, they want to get high. They want to do drugs. Nah, nah, there's veterans that served in our country that are on those streets. There are nurses that are were, that were uh, in, in the military that are on those streets that are giving themselves away for what they call a date. Date will get them $5. You know, I had an incident where a girl asked me, could, she, could I borrow, could, she, could I loan her 13 cents? I said, what do you need 13 cents for? She said, well, then I'll have $5. She has 13 cents. True story. I knew what she needed, to, what she needed the $5 for to, to, so she can go buy a, a, a bag of heroin. I mean, that, that's, that's really a, a tragedy. It's a shame. And I don't know how they got there, but we're all God's children. We're, we're all here. And, and, and Jill and I, especially because we feel so blessed of having had this opportunity to make this film, and, and, and Jill was very, very giving of, of so much in making of this film, so much of her, of her time, so much of her effort, took time away from her, te her teaching profession uh, to do a lot of the things that we did to accomplish this. And, and we had a lot of, get a lot of response for it. A lot of, a lot of folks want us to show it in, the, um, uh, in various uh, venues. And I know, Anne, you, you had to leave because I know you live a distance away from Radnor. But the, after we had a Q&A and we had a panel, no one left for an hour and a half. Yeah, and we stayed for a good part of that. And it was amazing, all the wonderful, uh, like, as you said, people who are trying to do some good things to help uh, people who are suffering from this addiction. Um, so I'm glad that that came to the forefront. Um, and, and, you know, I just want to congratulate you to, for doing this work because you know, as I said a minute or two ago, we are a, a, a community here of faith. It is a Catholic podcast. Part of our catechesis, we call it, right, is praying for others, recognizing the suffering of the world. You know, we can't just know our faith. We have to live it. We have to care about what's going on in the world around us. Right, Bill? No. I mean, I know you have probably something to say on that oh, one. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, what you guys have spotlighted is really a um, really an important thing that often doesn't get spotlighted in our society. I think, you know, shining a light, um, you know, there's a I, I guess there's a, a line out there that that, that says, you know, uh, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant. 
And, uh, and there's something that is so uh, important about being able to spotlight uh, things out there and put a little bit of sunlight on, on a problem uh, that it really helps disinfect, uh, you know, the, the society of, of some of its ills. And, and so I, uh, I really applaud you all for uh, being able to, to create something that, that just spotlights, um, you know, an, an uncomfortable topic. I mean, this, uh, this is a uncomfortable, I mean, you know, nobody wants to sit around and probably talk about or see this, but it's important. And, you know, it's not, you know, it's not the latest, you know, Trolls World Tour movie. Nobody's going to be, you know, signing up like that to go see it on demand. But the, but the idea is that this is an important film that we have to be able to uh, recognize and then also uh, show and talk about, as you just mentioned, uh, having a discussion about this uh, after afterward, um, you know, and it lasting for as much as time as it did an hour and a half. This this is proof that this is working and that it's and that it's, uh, you know, uh, beginning to make a difference uh, and and draw awareness to it. And then not only the awareness, but the action that follows it. Um, the, the, the big question that I have for, for you guys, um, is, uh, the, um, <laughs> is how did you get into, uh, making the film? Like, you know, how was the, what was the Genesis project behind it? I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Jill, you, you came up with the idea, but have you guys been in filmmaking for a while? Uh, what is, what is kind of the, the story behind the, the, the making of it? Well, John and I were introduced when we both were volunteers for uh, Radnor Studio 21, which is public access television channel in Radnor. Um, I was working for Laura Marin and Narberth public access television. And we joined forces in many projects. We've interviewed veterans and community interest people uh, all through um, nonprofit and we, this project, by the way, was um, forward funded by a foundation, the John Powell Foundation. And we basically have been volunteering um, our time and services to communicating to the public about uh, the arts and culture. But when we saw this, which was a far, far, far cry from arts and culture, we said, this is so much more important. I mean, look, nobody knows about this, what's going on here. And it just seemed to be ignored. Um, mm. And there are so, so many good people, everybody that we inter asked for an interview, except one person, um, which who was the DA of Philadelphia. Yeah, the uh, um, DA of Philadelphia, Larry Kreiser, that turned us down for an interview. But everybody else, said yes um, we interviewed them we john and i volunteered our time and services and our equipment and and everybody really wanted to help and just didn't know how to help even the mayor of philadelphia um was extremely concerned and, and extremely aware of the problem but you know how much can it takes so much money and so many resources um that i think just getting people more people aware we feel like we're going to do good. Our goal originally was to save one life. I mean, that's changed to save many lives. A lot of people that came to that showing 
had children that they either lost mm. or lost touch with. And wow. I say lost touch with because there are many, many families, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, children of addict, those addicted that go to Kensington in search of their loved ones um, every week. But it's just sad. But uh, you asked a question about the pandemic. Um, Eddie Z said he didn't see a drop in in the people. So wow, wow. So they're still outside. I mean, it's as like close knit and everything as it was before. You know, there's no, yeah. no social distancing oh, or anything like that. Yeah. Hundreds of oh, people wow. congregating, shooting up on the streets. Yeah. Um, not social distancing. Some are wearing masks. Most aren't. Um, we see no change and but you know you got to remember these are young people young people that have survived living on the streets so their immune system you know may be pretty good we we uh we on several occasions have taken uh people there who asked us would would you show us kensington people who were involved in our project and we took them to kensington and they were a guest slack-jawed when they saw the circumstances. In fact, as recently as two, two Saturdays ago, we were up there with someone and he said, I'm stunned. I don't see anybody here over 40 years old. And I, I can wow. tell you firsthand, I saw kids there, 14, 15, 16. Oh my goodness. That, that, are, that are addicted and, and, it, and, it's, and it's tragic that we can't do, any, do more for them. And it's tragic on how they got there. And Jill and I know their stories. They they would tell us, "Well, how did you get addicted?" And you, and you it's you can't make the stuff up with the things that they tell you. It's not like the heroin of yesterday. Yesterday, um, there's fentanyl, which is a synthetic opioid, which is fatal if it's taken more than a grain of salt. Is the dose that they give? So it's a thousand times more potent than heroin, a thousand. So you use a lot, you know, you have to use a very small amount. Now, if someone that's mixing it with heroin doesn't know what they're doing and or mixing it with something else and they're yelling free samples on the street and someone takes that, they're gonna die immediately. And that's that's what, what the experts are saying. There's fentanyl on the street, you know, you can't, it's so strong, you just have to stay away from it. So if we can prevent people from trying it to going there to yeah. saying, look, this, this is a deadly thing you could be doing. Maybe that would help. You know, and uh, I know that uh, as a practicing Catholic myself, the, the, the Catholic church comes under a lot of criticisms for a lot of things. And, and, and I'm, I'm not a lawyer or a, a judge to say, well, yeah, that's right. That's wrong. But in my personal experience of working on this project for 13 months, I came across several Catholic priests who roamed those streets, and I came across uh, some Franciscans at Christmas time who were in robes and 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 sandals, washing people's feet and wow. doing things that you know. Uh, why isn't the news showing that? Uh, right. Oh, they're only showing this. Well, how about I, I? And if I didn't, thank you for saying this, John. It's so important for people to hear this. It's yeah, okay. I understand that there's that there's uh, priests that, that that were responsible for criminal activity. I understand that, but I but I personally saw 
Not somebody told me, hey, John, did you? no, I witnessed it. In fact, I bought lunch for the three Franciscans with a, uh, a woman who uh, Jill and I know, who named, her name is Leslie Holt, who runs the Radar Foundation. And she lost a mm. very beautiful daughter uh, to, uh, to overdose. And, and she was up there distributing clothes. And we bought these, friend, these three Franciscan monks uh, uh, food. So <laughs> I, I get the criticisms, but, you know, let's, let's call them as we see them. You know, there's a lot of good stuff being done by priests up there. There's a priest that works. It's very, very helpful in the Camden side and, and the Philadelphia side of the, of the last stop run by Eddie Z. Eddie Z incidentally, lives under a train trestle. That's, that's his home. Oh my. It's fascinating. And does Eddie goes to church every day. He's in our film. He goes to church every day, 9.30 Mass on, on Lehigh Avenue, and he takes a group of people with him that he tries to help. He, there's a, so I get the, the bad things that some people are responsible for, but point out the good things, too. Yeah, It absolutely. means a great deal to bring that up. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm really impressed that, uh, you know, there's that type of social um, – witness going on by our by our clergy and um and that is something that is so important to spotlight and i and i and i applaud you for you know talking about that i think uh in 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 today's world especially right now in this in this virus um you know we we have to um we have to point out those people who are who are uh reaching out and doing uh great work you know doing wonderful work and 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 sacrificing of themselves you know a lot of this is sacrifice you know how how else do you how else do you solve a problem like this you know it it, it almost doesn't come down to the dollars and cents and the politicians it comes down to those people out there on the street sacrificing of themselves and helping get those people off off the streets you know uh and and that is such a such a hard thing to do and i and i and i hope that this film will spotlight and move some people into sacrificial action, you know? And, and the other thing that you guys are talking about earlier is that this is a, the people are coming from all over the country to one area of Philadelphia, right? One area, the Philadelphia area to, to get a fix. I mean, that is a big problem, you know, for, for not only Philadelphia, but for, for our country. Yeah. Amen. I mean, I would recommend, I'm going to, people who are listening, if you haven't seen the film yet, uh, it's called Kensington in Crisis. Now, John and Jill, maybe you can tell people uh, if they would like to see your film, how can they do that? And how can they support you? Because I know that for you to continue doing the great work that you're doing, you could use their partnering with you uh, financially too. So uh, maybe you could tell us on both ends uh, how they can support you. Well, we have a website, uh, mainlinetv.org, and we're going to be posting upcoming uh, screenings. Right now, everything's obviously on hold, but uh, we will be posting screenings, and there's a, a place on there on how to um, donate if you'd like to. And it is through donations that we have been able to make this film. And talking about somebody that we brought down there, recently filming a new project um the making of a of a of a wise guy 
John calls it the making of a wise guy, and I call it the making of a mobster. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, let's hear about that. So, this is your new project, right? This is your new project. So we had our protagonist, who is named George Martirano, who was wrongfully sentenced to life in prison. Now, life in prison without parole means you die in prison. He was about 35 years old when he went in, and he was um, tried for and and uh, sentenced for marijuana trafficking. But why he got life without parole is a story that we need to figure out. He spent 32 years in prison until he finally was released. He was in his prison uniform when we were filming him recently. And we said, we, we need to drop food off in Kensington. You're just, you're gonna come with us. And we wanna you know, show you Kensington and, and hear what you have to say. We want to hear your comments. We brought him to Kensington. Now, this is a guy who spent time in the worst prisons in America. And he was slap-jawed. He could not believe it. He, he actually filmed a, a one-minute little um, speech to send to the mayor. He just couldn't believe what he saw. Yeah, I'll send you the clip. Yes, uh, please do. That he... That he sent to the mayor because he was like as jill said startled he could and he was in prison all those years and for him it was still yeah. shocking beyond belief he got out of the car um with our masks on and and he just couldn't believe it and he met eddie zay and we took him to the last stop and um yeah it was unbelievable and his story which we feel is um, also important, and that is uh, prison reform right. and being set, what did he say, set up? Framed. Framed. He was framed. A framed sentence is the hardest to beat because no nobody will want to admit, the officials won't want to admit to something they did wrong. But um, we believe that he was wrongfully kept in prison he should have gotten maybe 10 years, but he got 32 years. And Long time. he got out was because of um, something that Obama had initiated, which was to get out. Not He was a... First time non-violent non He was a non-violent offender. There were people that chopped people's head off oh. that got out before him. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. He never hurt a soul. He never hurt mm. anybody. Yeah, the, the he he actually he actually again you know you, again, I I don't want to sound like um, I'm patronizing, but he did a lot working with the Catholic Church in the prisons. Did he uh, himself? And and he he uh, when he he he's a fascinating story. I that's all I can say about him. But he while he was in prison. He always worked with the priests to help get people, whether whatever their spiritual beliefs beliefs were, whether they were Jewish, whether Muslim, he he worked with them. And he said, the, you know, the prisons now. One of the questions we asked him was, well, the, in the prison system, from the time you went into, what is it now? Well, now there are more and more Latinos in there. There are more. There's more gang violence. There are people that there's gang riots all the time. We don't hear about any of these things. Mm -mm. And he wants to bring that to people's attention. He's he, his his father was Long John Mortarano, so uh, that that should give you a clue there. Um, but he is not that person. 
and he is all into to helping. And so, again, you you know, we as, as practicing Catholics don't hear about the things that go on where there are priests. He said there were priests that went to the prisons every day and administered, mm-hmm. no matter what the person's faith was or they had no faith, they were administering to them. Mm. So, you know, let, let's let's call him as we see him. Yeah. Wow, this is great to hear. And especially we, with our audience here, you know, we have lots of different people, but many people of faith. When you hear the good things that clergy and people of faith are doing to help others in the prison systems, uh, on the streets, and John and Jill, I just, again, thank you so much for what you're doing with the project of uh, Kensington in Crisis and this new one. Repeat the title of your new project again so people can check that out. Well, it, it, I, <laughs> I call it The Making of a Wise Guy. And okay. And then Jill calls it The Making of a Mobster. Um, but it's really the George Martirano story. So how that, that certainly will be that for sure somewhere. But I call it a wise guy because um, one of the people we're working with is a very famous author. And um, he one of his books was uh, about wise guys. And I, I think that that's, you know, it, it's a neat term anyway, it's catchy, uh, but it's, it, it, but it's more about George evolving into what he became as a good human being, because I will tell you, he helps people all the time at his own expense. For a guy who was in prison. He helps, he helps a lot of people to this day, gives people, gives people hope. Uh, he's a, again, a fascinating person he's a story unto himself and Jill and I are blessed Jill and I are really blessed because we have so many gifts that we've been given and we and the opportunities to to bring enlightening stories to people yeah. um, you know Kensington wasn't a slick story uh, one Kensington Kensington in crisis has a lot of uh, powerful comments in them and, it, and you saw the film and you saw where the police chief says there are more people dying of shooting up than being shot. And Jill and I have become so accustomed to life in Kensington because we spent so much time there, uh, uh, day and night, four, four or five days a week, that every time we hear now on the news, and you watch the local news, and mm-hmm. uh, hear about a shooting in Kensington, it's a drug deal. We know right away. We, Jill and I have actually had to step out of the way because we saw the police chasing people down the street and knew there was going to be gunfire to follow. <laughs> wow. Um, there's a lot of serious things that go on in Kensington. I know I'm, I but bounce, I, but I, I bounce all over. But I do have to say that some people came up to us and said, oh, well, should we go down there or should we drive through? We would not recommend that. It took months of canvassing the street in our car, making friends, before we even got out of the car to walk the streets. Mm. And if you're just going to the car to go to the prevention point and want to make a donation, that's fine. But I wouldn't recommend just driving down the street. It's scary. If you get stuck at a red light and where are you going to go? There's nowhere to go. It's a very small area. The L is constantly, you know, going every seven minutes. You hear the noises, you see the problem. It's overwhelming. so yes, go make a donation. Go right out. I, that's all I can tell you. Or contact us, and we'll pick up donations, which we often do, and and drive, bring them down there for you. If they don't know you, um, they will feel threatened. Yeah. And oh, if you're okay. a drug dealer, 
they're not friendly. Yeah, they drug dealers aren't friendly, and the people that are doing the drugs are very sensitive. So you don't want to treat them poorly or walk by, and if they feel that you're being mean or or yeah, you know, negative, that's not good either. Yeah, don't, don't go there for a thrill or you think it's exciting or you want to do something really neat. That's not that's not what we're no, that's not what you do. No, the one time I actually observed a drug deal being made. And I had the camera, we used a very small camera for a lot of the shots. And I had the camera down at hip height. And the person doing the deal turned to look at me and pulled his jacket back and I could see the gun in his belt. Uh-huh. So um, mm-hmm. I quickly turned around and walked away. Um, I, I was very lucky. Um, We've had people when we were filming, like pull their pants down. I mean, it's, it's really, they are doing things they are not in their right mind. They don't yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah, they don't like when you take pictures. Um, some of them want you to take their picture, but if they don't, you want to put your camera away. You don't want to yeah. do anything. But I want to emphasize too: there's a lot of people doing good things there. There's a there's a uh, an art gallery run. We met a fabulous artist. Uh, his name is Ben. Has a master's degree in fine arts from I think NYU, and uh, he unfortunately f- uh, became addicted and. Um, uh, his family treated him with uh, uh, hard love and actually evicted him from the house. He's, he's, he's actor good looking. And he runs an art gallery down there called uh, uh, the Blockchain Gallery. And there, there's some beautiful artwork that, that uh, some of the unf- unfortunates or the suffering bring in mm. that they sell there. And he does what he can. He gives art lessons to them. He's a, he's a, he's a wonderful artist, well-spoken, intelligent, good looking guy. And he just, he, he now he's been clean for a year. Jill and I went to his one year ceremony at the, uh, at the last stop, uh, where they had a cake and, and speeches and, and all those things. People do work very hard to support themselves. Uh, I met a Vietnam veteran up there who was a paratrooper. Uh, he himself again. There's so many people trying to do good things for people, and including the city of Philadelphia, and including the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Uh, they're 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 out there doing the University of Pennsylvania, doing things for people there, trying yeah. to bring hope, trying to do really good things. So um, there's a it, one of the we thing- hope that it, 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 yeah. things get better. Yeah. The one commitment I think that. Re- everyone has in common and that is to keep the children um that live in kensington away from the problem oh yes so that's that's a whole other issue because they see it they see it every day walking if they take the l they get out of the, off the l yeah. they see the problem so the police were talking about creating new ways to for them to get to and from school so they wouldn't see the problem and little things like that uh, that the community can do everything matters everything could help that's right yeah. every little bit i mean i'm wondering for people who are listening and they may be thinking wow what can i do first of all i want to make a shout out to you who are listening please pray pray for this drug epidemic pray for the people in kensington pray for john and jill and the great work that they're doing and and the clergy and and all the uh, community officials uh, that they can come together to help to solve this problem. It's a big problem. I mean, um, so what can people do who might be listening? I mean, obviously they can help support you through mainline TV, dot TV, 
and by you know donating to your project that you that you've already done but that you want to get the word out there more so that people can be educated about this crisis um, what else can they do well prevention point is the a very large organization um, it's in a, a church it's on Kensington Avenue they give out free Narcan they give out free needles they have a needle exchange program the people in Kensington some of the residents are against prevention point but most people are for prevention point and that is because they have reduced AIDS they have reduced uh, viruses from spreading they've they've instilled they give people food they give people a place to go in the morning to the tonight they give uh services find people jobs so there's a lot of good that they are doing some of the residents in kensington would just like the problem to just go away altogether obviously they want their neighborhood back and they want it to be safe and clean um but I don't know, you know, how soon and where else, where can people go? Like you're, you're moving them from Kensington to where? So we need to solve the problem of each person and take each individual as an individual. So maybe we can solve the problem. Um, there's as many as 800 homeless people living in Kensington, just wandering in the street, wow. living in old buildings and things. So, but if we could take those 800 and somehow find them homes, long-term housing, which is also a problem, um, that would help. So any prevention point donation you would make would go to a good, a good cause. Yep. But I did want to say one thing about George Moderano, which we failed to mention, hmm. was when he left prison, somehow a couple, now it's been four or five years, he has now runs a CBD store. Oh, does he? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he was tried for trafficking marijuana. Now he doesn't sell marijuana, but he, you know, it's CBD. CBD. It's 0.01 THC, um, he, which I've been educated to, le to learn. So it's just, um, and CBD does so many, so much good for people. So that's, that's, um, that's really great. And, if you want to know, learn more about George, he wrote a book called Pain Grows a Platinum Rose. And in that story, it talks about, it's a, it's a fiction story, but it's sort of based on his life, in my opinion. Um, and basically it tells about a, a kid who was wrongfully um, imprisoned. And the reason he was imprisoned is because he didn't want to tell about this very bad gang because he knew that if he, told the truth about the gang, um, he would get in trouble and they would hurt his family. So he ended up doing many, many, many years in prison, mm. um, you know, wrongfully in his fictitious book. And then the owner of the saloon um, always maintained his friendship with the kid that was in prison. So that book, Pain Rose, a Platinum Rose, I mean, Pain Grows a Platinum Rose is a very good book to learn. Or visit him at the Hip Hemp Cafe in Philadelphia. Yeah. And the Hip Hemp Cafe, okay. 617 South 7th Street. 617 South 7th Street. Um, 
You know, uh, one of the things, Jill and I get lots of emails about Kensington. In fact, um, uh, there's a, a, a Catholic church, large Catholic church uh, run by Pastor de Grassa in uh, Northeast Philadelphia, who's asked us to show the film for the community, which, which includes um, their Jewish uh, community and the Muslim community. And we were, unfortunately, we were shortchanged by the coronavirus. Um, but um, Jill and I are anxious to get back into showing the film again because we realize it's important. In fact, uh, Montgomery County Community College again has asked us, so has Radner. Um, Andrew DeFabio at the uh, uh, Lansdowne uh, uh, Revival, Vinyl Revival Shop has asked us to show it in her theater. But um, one of the things that Jill and I received lots of emails about, and it, it, it's, it's um, complimentary, but we don't have the energy for it, is to do a part two. Uh, it, it, I, Jill and I have spoken about it, and she said we're not up for it. It's just very, very painful. We would like to get the message out with the Kensington in Crisis Project, and we'd like to see people help other people. Uh, on, uh, to to uh, with with the the epidemic and uh, and and help us with other pre projects that we want to pursue, uh, but uh, you know if they contact us, you can. I'm on social media, so you just look up John Ricciuti, R I C C I U T T I, and you can find me and you can message me, and uh, you know I communicate everything with Jill. She is the boss. <laughs> I know you said that before. Yeah. I said it on your Jill's show. the boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, often I hear uh, Jill's a great teacher. You know, once a person's a teacher, uh, it's there all the time. You know, it's John. Yeah. John, I get what that. You, John. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're doing, you know, as you were speaking about a part two, what comes into my head, and I don't know if the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, but maybe a focus more on the solution. Maybe you don't need to go back down and do as much footage as you did in the heart of Kensington, but maybe interviews with the people who are already helping, you know, that to get more awareness so that other people can um, help out and be a part of the solution instead of the problem, right? Because John, one of the things you said when, when I went out that night to Radnor was that these are our kids. These are not, um, well, I mean, I'm sure there are some from that neighborhood, but they're coming from suburban Philadelphia and beyond. You said something like they're our, our kids, you know, that are, that are there yeah. uh, partaking in, in this crisis. So it's affecting everybody. I know it was a year ago or so I had three people that I knew two from high school and another friend of mine who all lost um, people to the epidemic. Mm -hmm. And it was within a year's time. It was just so sad. So I, I'm still praying for all of those people and, um, and everything I've seen on social media when, you know, you see it all the time that somebody's friend or relative uh, had an overdose. So yeah. well, that's all of us. Jill, Jill pointed out that a lot of the, 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 uh, the how they got there for a lot of the kids but when you were at when we were at montgomery county community college and radnor the, the families that were there they they were from good families i'm sure the people that you know you probably could uh, be a character witness for the types of parents that they were oh yeah as they were growing up as children and um we witnessed the same thing i mean we didn't put on or put in the film the moms and uh, that we interviewed 
we didn't put them in that film. And these were, we were, these are people that were good parents, uh, good loving parents, and there was no explanation of how their child just became addicted and they lost that child. And it's very, it's very, very sad. And and you don't know what to say. You you were probably you're startled yourself. Joe and Joe and I are startled. We I oh yeah. I mean, even sometimes there was the one person who came to the Radner meeting who said something about her son was involved in athletics in high school, was a great kid, good grades, nice friends, but then, you know, got involved with uh, athletics and maybe one kid on the team or something introduced him to trying drugs one time and there he was hooked. Wasn't it something like that? I mean, you probably remember that story. You hear that story a lot, you know, one, one bad night or you know one it no there's no rhyme or reason there's just it's every walk of life every age every nationality every religion religion. yeah there are statistics that point to you know in in kensington i don't know all over the world you know that it's uh, more white people and in an age group i think of 22 to 44 but that, yeah, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason. They're good people and they just went down a bad path for some reason and they got addicted and yeah. it's hard to become unaddicted to something. Yeah. And yeah, they never, once you, they'd be saying, I'm an addict, when they introduce themselves, I'm an addict. Go to an NA meeting, I'm an addict. And it doesn't all, it's not always heroin. There's people down there shooting up um, or smoking. K2. K2. Cocaine. Yeah. yeah. K2 is a a drug that they concoct that makes them hallucinate. You know, a person on heroin will just be mummified, but, or, or it'll be a zombie, as they say. But a person that smokes K2 becomes hallucinogenic. And they're also very violent. If you see, it's scary. You'll see videos. Oh, we we saw it in person, but you'll see pictures or videos, and they become completely violent, and they'll just run down the street and hit people, or, and 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 if the police try to arrest them or try to calm them down, they'll hit them, and it looks like they're hitting them because they want to. It's but it's really the drug that's making them do um, very erratic things, and even the Narcan won't take them off the K2 high. So if you, oh, take wow. Narcan, you give Narcan, it takes away the heroin, but then they, then they become extremely uh, violent according to the police yeah, there, that we interviewed. There's a, um, a woman on that we know that Jill actually, she took Jill and I by the hand and took us around. Her name is Roz Pichardo, uh, a Latino, obviously. She lost a, a, a brother to murder, hmm. uh, a sister who took her life, her own life after she had been, I think, a user herself. And uh, no, I don't think she, no, she, no. Just, she was just, she, she just took her life. And I think her father was also a victim. And um, yeah. she has saved over 300 people the last time I talked to her using Narcan. She introduced Jill and I to Narcan. In fact, Jill and I learned how to use Narcan and carried it, Narcan with, our, with us routinely as we went around and filmed. Yeah. And basically, Narcan is is a spe- it looks like um, something you would use to spray up your nose. Like you just take off the cap, 
you push it and then you administer to the person's right up their nose. Um, you wait five minutes for it to take effects. Um, things that you need to be trained on is you have to wear gloves. Now we saw her actually put a piece of plastic on someone's face with a little hole in it so she right. could give them mouth-to-mouth um, mouth resuscitation. resuscitation and yeah. she pressed on their heart. So that's another story. But the Narcan is very, very simple to use and it really does save lives. We, uh, we actually filmed a, a real overdose that we just came upon and it was decided by our group with our film editor, with uh, 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 Jill has a, a prof associate professor she deals with and he advised us not to put it into film because it was too dramatic and it was just, it, it was so vivid that it looked staged. Oh. It was for real and we didn't use it. But uh, um, one of the things I think that we, we should mention is, you know that there's a lot of political discussion nationally and internationally about safe injection sites. And I- I, I have I, heard this, yes. We want this discussion to be concluded without us uh, speaking about that. Yes, please. Uh, I've spoken to some priests uh, because I'm a Catholic and, and you know, but I'll be happy to speak with anyone about it. And there's some ethical issues and they're, and they're well-founded and there's some legal issues surrounding uh, a safe injection site. And we've spoken, uh, there's people that Jill and I interviewed that said that live in Kensington. So, well, yeah, we should have them. And no, we shouldn't. And the arguments, the police, the police will say, um, well, are you allowing someone to come in there to, to inject themselves and then get in their car and drive? And then what happens then? The drug dealer that we interviewed says, well, if I'm going to deal drugs, I'm going to stand on the corner and sell, the, sell my drugs there. I don't have to go far. So there's that side of it. And then, of course, the ethical side of it is, and, and, and I don't care what your religion is, once you allow someone to inject themselves, you're giving them permission to kill themselves. Yeah. So you have all these issues. And, and respectfully to, to Krasner and to Josh Shapiro, the attorney general, that they're opposed to it, and the, I think they are. Uh, I, I certainly know the attorney general of, of the United States is. So there's all these issues and people say, well, they work. Well, those statistics are skewed. Uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a really, really difficult thing. We, we actually, we actually know someone, many parents do this. They'll, they'll take their children to get the drugs because they don't want them buying them on the street. And we, I actually know someone who took their child to get the drugs and the child overdosed. Oh wow. my goodness. This, this is, a, this is a, an, an incredible, there, there's no depth to trying to understand this issue. No depth. It's prayer. It's strength. It's asking God to give you strength every day to do this. To, 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 so that you don't or your family doesn't become addicted. Well, as I said earlier in the, in the podcast, you know, this, we're a community of faith here at, at Sewing Hope Podcast. I'll call out to you who are listening to this podcast. You know, part of our catechesis is outreach to the marginalized. So important. It's so important for others, but it's also important for our own salvation, right, Bill? Amen. I mean, yeah. Oh, it's, we need it's so to do important. that. It's and it and as Catholics, I don't think I don't know about you, Bill, but I don't think I hear about that enough about reaching out to those who are marginalized. No, you know, um, we we honestly we don't. And uh, I was I was uh, remembering a homily I heard maybe a couple months ago uh, in in all of this and just what you said here. 
a couple of months ago, uh, I was it was at a church and, and this priest was talking about uh, our salvation. And there are there are a few times in the Bible where where, you know, uh, Christ talks about hell uh, specifically. And and uh, in almost every one of those instances, it's about what we did not do versus yes. what we did. And, uh, he, you know, he was he was using the, the the gospel passage of the sheep and the goats talking about that, um, you know, and, and saying, you know, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, you know, visiting the imprisoned, all of those, all of those things. Um, they, they were the sins of omission, not the sins of commission and and ignoring a problem um, like this in our society. It can can be a sin of omission. <laughs> um, so so yes. I certainly, uh, you know, appreciate uh you know uh jill's uh you know taking this on and, and bringing it to john and saying hey i want to do this i want to spotlight this because that is something that um is gonna you know what once it's in digital media we say you know once it's in digital media it's it, it's preserved forever it can be found wherever mm -hmm. um and so that is uh such an important uh thing to be able to uh spotlight and bring to the, the forefront. I want to ask you about three minutes before we close. Um, and so I want to ask you guys, uh, where it, is the film available uh, to view, you know, out there? Is it available to stream? Can people watch this uh, from anywhere? Uh, what, how, how do we get this film out to people? Because I think it's such an important thing uh, to be able to bring to a, a wide audience, not just the area of Philadelphia. Well, we are working on a larger distribution, but Right now, we feel that we want to um, show the film through screenings and then give people a chance to talk about it. So we have panels set up um, with professionals to talk about the problem. So that's where um, we're concentrating it on right now. Uh, and then later on in the year, we should have news of larger distribution. But we don't just want to put it out there yeah. because it, it's it's too strong mm -hmm. and it's not really designed for young people under 18 to see of course um, yeah. so we want to just control um how people are presented the information and then how they absorb it sure absolutely no definitely understand uh it, and is there is there a website or something that people can go to to find out more information about it yeah a mainline dot mainline tv dot org because yeah. we are a nonprofit, um, <laughs> yeah. you can get more information. I just, just want to say one thing about safe houses, and it's really true about many problems in the world, and that is, you know, not in my backyard. So people will say, yes, I'm for safe houses, but then where do you put them anyway? So nobody wants it in their backyard because mm. there is loitering outside of Prevention Point. That's what they're afraid of in Philadelphia with a safe house. So that's, a, that's the challenge. Even if we had safe houses, even if we have places for people to go, homeless shelters, long-term housing, where? Yeah. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you. you. I, Thank you. I, Bill, I would love to have him come back oh, again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely with yeah, the, so we have definitely so much with more the new to talk film. About. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely love. with the new film, too, uh, as you guys release that one, uh, for sure. That'll be, be great to have you back on. So thank you so much for spending thank time you. with us. It's this opportunity to talk about a problem. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank yeah, you. Come absolutely. back again. Thank you. Great work. Great work. Good yes. to see you. Yes. Thank you. 
Amen. As you know, as we're looking we, at each other on video, even though this is a podcast. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, real quick before we go to folks, um, I just want to mention that, uh, and you have a new TV show uh, beginning, right? You've got a brand new TV show. Why don't you just go ahead and tell people briefly oh, about I'm that? I'm so excited. So it's called Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis. It's going to be aired on Fiat Ministry Network on Facebook and YouTube, as well as on Patch Hark Radio with Bill Snyder. It's going to be every Friday night, 8.30 to 9.30. It's a live show. I'm going to have guests on just like this. John and Jill, you have to come and be a guest on, on this, Journeys in Faith. So just keep an eye on my Facebook page. But you can also go to Journeys in Faith on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and also on LinkedIn and Twitter. So thank you, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, we want everybody to also... Uh, Fiat Ministry Network uh, is our, you know, awesome partner in ministry. They they're doing amazing work, so we want you to check them out. Um, and we also would love it if you would head over. You know, we we do a lot of these great free episodes for people. We also have a premium content subscription for you all as well. Uh, twenty for twenty five dollars a month, you can subscribe to the Patreon uh, and be able to get awesome video content, uh, video missions, and things like that. We also have an audio tier called Hear Your Faith. Um, and that is all audio right now. We're releasing an entire study of the uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is 38 parts by John Curry Sr. Uh, that is in conjunction with Fiat Ministry Network. So we really would appreciate you guys heading over to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. Uh, you head over there and check out our Patreon and uh, be able to connect with our ministry and, and, and help support our ministry. It, it enables us to be able to bring on wonderful guests like John and Jill today. So uh, I, I appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. Uh, and we uh, will be on next. Uh, we'll also be on next. Uh, well, actually, no, this Thursday uh, as well. So this Thursday at uh, six o'clock PM folks is the next time we'll be on. Uh, but until then, we thank you so much for tuning in to the Sewing Hope podcast. For everybody, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep sewing hope into broken hearts and beating to your Catholic heart. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.